Hey y'all, welcome back. We are in season three, kicked off last week, and we are kicking off our series on domestic violence titled Not Easily Broken, Stories of Strength and Survival. Um, Today is the first episode of that series. Um, I recorded it with my new friend, Juanetta Jones, and I am could not be more excited for you guys to hear it. Um, my hope is that through this series, someone is um, saved, someone gets help, someone gets out, someone um, changes the way that they look at those who are currently in, who have been through a domestic violence situation. What I will say is over the next few weeks, you'll hear different stories of people's experiences. And what I can share is that they don't look anything like you might think. Um, oftentimes we have an idea in our minds of what we think it's supposed to look like or, or who we think a victim looks like. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't look anything like that. It doesn't always look anything like that. So I'm hoping that you will tune in with an open heart, um, share your feedback, um, share the episodes. You never know, it could save somebody's life. Today, I have Juanetta, and she is going to, first, I want you to tell me a little bit about you, or tell people a little bit about you before we kind of dive into your story. Okay. Um, I like that question because I, I feel as, you know, women, humans in general, but especially women, we wear so many different hats, right? Um, so I am a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a cousin, I'm a sister, um, I'm a leader, that's what I do for my profession, Okay. and part of the reason that I'm here with you is because I'm also a wife, and so we'll get into um, more of that, of my experience with that. Okay. Also, okay. Um, I like trying new things, I like challenging myself, mm -hmm. um, I, I love your slogan, do it scared, because if it is something that I'm afraid of, I run to it, I don't like <laughs> in fear so yeah. I'll push myself to like do it so I when you um put out the call I thought you know what I no longer want to be in isolation I no longer want to hide because I haven't done anything wrong right. I want to share my experience um and I I try to steer clear from the word story because for me it, it's it's it was my life it was an experience and it um didn't make it to bravo <laughs> right you didn't nobody got to play you angela bassett didn't get to tell it for you right okay. got it yeah you know it's funny you say that because i was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends the other day um and we were talking about how we were actually talking about the series like that i was going to do the series and how oftentimes we allow things that happen to us to then define us. Cause she's like, I have a story that I could tell, but like, I don't wanna be, oh, there's a girl that was talking about domestic violence. And you know, and I think that for a lot of people, not just domestic violence, but just in general, I think a lot of people allow things that have happened to them to then define who they are, right? Um, and it's not, like you are still, you are still all of the other things that you named, independent of what your relationship looks like, like independent of what your job is, Mm -hmm. um, and I struggled with that a lot um, for a long time because for a long time I was pigeonholed into the box of being somebody's mom. So I was Michael's mom, 
Oh, who is that? Oh, that's Maya's mom, right? I have a name. They, they know what I did for a living. And it didn't matter, right? I was just the football parent. I got, and and I, I was comfortable in that because I knew what the expectations were, right? I knew how to identify whether or not I was successful or not. I mean, sometimes parenting don't really come with a handbook, but you know what I mean? Like, right. um, you know, and I was comfortable in that identity, but it took a, and I'm still learning. Like it took a lot for me to realize that that's not, like that, that's not who I am. Like that's mm-hmm. what I am. I am their mom, right? Um, but it's not who I am. So anyway, so I, I appreciate that introduction. Thank you. Um, so I have invited you here today to talk, us, talk to us a little bit about your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can start at whatever part of your experience that you like. Sure. Um, so I um, will start with just me, because you're right. We have all of these different roles. And so me, Juanetta, um, at the end of the day, I come from a background where my parents, before my father passed away, was married for 41 years. Mm-hmm. My grandparents married for 72 years. So okay. I have... I'm blessed to have um, the experience of seeing successful marriages and also have been blessed to be able to see the struggles and or the peaks and valleys of marriages. Um, I am grateful that both my grandparents and my parents did not put me in a position of where they didn't resolve conflict in front of me so I was able to hear I mean I didn't hear major squabbles but you know they were getting on each other's nerves that day I heard that right so I grew up into a woman understanding that relationships are not always perfect and rosy and so that was eye-opening for me just as a person even still now as a 40 year old woman um, uh, when people say you know my parents never argued in front of us so I I think this is abnormal that we're having a disagreement and like no that's normal like we're humans with different feelings and thoughts and backgrounds we're going to disagree so um part of that, you know, we were talking about how you're more than just this thing. So I was married to my son's father. I have a preteen son. Mm-hmm. And so we just married young and we married um, in our early twenties, our mid to mid twenties. And our thought was we've been together. We like each other. Everyone else says we should get married. So let's get married. I mean, you telling my story or are you telling your story? Because oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me put your <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Angela Bassett didn't play my story either. So it's okay. This can be your story. This is about you. (laughs) So yes, that's what we did. And I remember distinctly on our wedding day and we went to the justice of the peace thinking, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this, but we have already told people we're getting married. I was living in another state at the time without family support. And I knew that his maturity level would not at that time, his maturity level would not allow me to have that honest conversation of Mm-mm-mm. and you know can we still live together um while I find somewhere else to live <laughs> I knew that he would be like no you got to get out right so <laughs> if the answer's no then the answer's no you gotta go right right so I was like so that I can have housing I'm gonna say yes <laughs> And then I did all of the things I did the, okay, this is not working out. Let's buy a house. So we bought the house. I thought maybe we just need more space than this one bedroom apartment. So we did the house thing. Then it was, nope, still not working. Let's have a baby. So we had the baby. The baby didn't fix it either. 
So then it was just after I had my son, that's when I opened my eyes and was like, this is not the example that I want to set for my son. Right. Um, so then I became a divorcee. Okay. Um, and I liked that word. I didn't like um, <laughs> divorcee. <laughs> I'm a divorcee. So, it sounds um, really good. It sounds really right? good. Because I am also a divorcee, but now I just be like, I'm single. They'd be like, are you single, divorced, married, widowed? I'm like, single. My past does not define me. I have to tell you that I'm divorced. None of your business. I am single. The end. <laughs> so anyway, I get it. But divorcee definitely has a ring to it. Right. It Classic. Have a... <laughs> Classic. Well, my current title, I, I did say I'm a wife, but my current um, that trips people up is, which I'm about to flow into, is that I'm married. I'm married, but separated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We can make up whatever words we want. We're going to make up this word. Whatever we want. <laughs> so my goal was that I feel like it's important, especially raising a Black son, for him to see his mother loved by a man. Yes. And my preference still remains, even though people say I need to expand to other races, but I still want to be loved by a Black man. <sighs> I don't know, I might have to need to expose my pool now, but um, so I have continued to date mm -hmm. after divorce with the intent that, you know, if it gets serious, I want my son to be able to see that. Yes. So I reached a point in my um, as you said, singleness of my divorcee singleness that I said, okay, I've done dating apps that yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have the lifestyle um, of where I'm meeting people out because I just went to work and came back home, did my son's sports stuff. Um, so I was like, Amazon is not delivering black men on no. two day shipping. No. So and if they do, I don't need to return them. Because listen, <laughs> it's hard out here. It's it's hard out here. What is the return policy? Well, look, they have a great return policy. So I would, if they started it, I would try it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it Take it right off the UPS with my return label. Listen, <laughs> that is it. Can I return this at Kohl's? Like, can, I, can I return this at Kohl's? Because you know. I tried it out and it, it I, I did not read the fine print and it is not going to work. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Yes. So I had, um, I, I am a pretty, I'm on social media, but I put on social media what I want people right. to see on social media. But other than that, I'm pretty much private. Um, so I reached out to some people and this was, um, I said that it was God, but I had this nudge in me that was like, you need to send out messages to family and friends and say, hey, I'm single. I am looking for to meet someone. I'm interested in being in relationship with someone. It, if you know of someone that will be a good fit, please. And so I ignored it, but it kept knocking. So I said, okay, fine, I'm gonna do it. So I literally paused what I was doing at work, sat in my office, messaged a few pe you know, people I'm connected with on Facebook. Yay. And I had more no's, like I don't hook people up than I did yeses. But out of the two yeses, one of them was an old neighbor um, when I first got out of college and was living in Durham that reached out to me and said, I have this friend. Matter of fact, he was the best man in my wedding. And in fact, he is the best man I know. And I said, okay, sure, I'm open. So he um, shared my contact information with him. I really honestly wasn't expecting to hear from anyone. And I get this text from this man that says, hi, I'm this person. I yes. have three boys. I live in Durham. Um, 
so on and so forth. And so I messaged him back. We agreed to talk on the phone. We talked on the phone for hours. And then the next day we talk on the phone again. And then we find out because I was in this wine group and I happened to coincidentally meet his sister. And um, his sister mentioned that she had a brother that was single and I looked like her brother's type. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, so my face is like, that really works. Like I could text somebody while she's talking. Like I could send out a group <laughs> text and be like, yo, sis, hook me up. Like I never, I never, I never tried that. Yeah, I did. I was like, I got to see how this story ends. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I got to see how this story ends. Maybe I don't want to try that. I just, I am intrigued that it actually worked. Right. So, um, um, they have a family business and, um, it's not a popular family business. So when he told me what he was doing for a living and I was like, wait a minute, I I think I met someone not too long ago and I was like is your sister named blah 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 and he was like no I said do you know someone named blah 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 he was like that's my sister and I was like oh my gosh so then his thought process was like you know we have this mutual friend that said we were a good match my sister said you know we I, you look like my type we you know we've talked on the phone we seem to have a good vibe let's go out on a date so he offers to pick me up for the day. I had, hadn't been picked up by a man in a long time. Most men want to meet you somewhere. Like, hey, yeah. we'll meet there. So I was just like, at first I was like, no. Then I was like, okay, well, yet if you want something different, you got to do something different. So I called him back and was like, never mind, you can pick me up. <laughs> I, <laughs> my thought process was, you know, if, you know, they have this family business, I'm um, surely he's not going to um mess that up by killing right. me so, <laughs> right well, somebody is going right. to need to know where I am it's fine right <laughs> he's not going to jeopardize the family business by dropping me off in the lake exactly got it so um we went out on this date and had an amazing time and from that point on it was non-stop from there so that was um July 2019 non-stop right. from there um, we talked on the phone every day. We went out on dates pretty much every week. It, after probably the first four months, progressed from dates every week to dates multiple times throughout the week to we got to around the new year of um, 2020, was mm -hmm. it 15, 2020, um, where we're just like, by that time we're like six months in-ish. Yeah. Like, you know, we see marriage for our future. Um, we started talking about blending our families. By this time, we're pretty much spending almost every day together. Um, we didn't have the same schedule with our children. So if my son was home, his children weren't with him. So he would right. come here, vice versa. So we were pretty much together, different addresses, but together. So then we decided to um, move in together. We moved in um together his family blended into the home I already have um that happened uh May 2020 okay. at this point quarantine's all in right <laughs> you know right. we're all quarantine. quarantine love I got it so we're like we're together um so we moved in together now all this time he is the same person from day one like you know still wooing me 
um, our vibe is still on point. The commit, just even how we were working together for the move in process was yeah. just like, oh, this is nice. Like this, God, like, thank you. Right. Um, and I developed to a point, like I recognized that he, as we started to live together, because you do see something different. Right. I started to recognize that he did have some struggles, but I saw myself as just not only his future helpmate, but that I had this unconditional love for this person that I'm willing to help with whatever I'm in, like I'm all the way in. So by that September, he proposes. Um, and I happened to mention when right around the time that he's talking about rings, I mentioned that I had this favorite photographer that I had always envisioned doing my next wedding. Cause I was like, my, I get married again. That's going to be my last. This going to be it. It's we are together no matter <laughs> what, that this is it. So, um, he actually reached out to that photographer and set up a surprise engagement photo shoot. I thought, oh my gosh, like, this is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so we did that and um, it was just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, So we get engaged and then that's when the shift happened. And so, but it was very subtle. And um, for me, it was, it started out with, there was a marked difference between how he treated my son with his children. And so I felt, um, and oh, well, let me take that back. I noticed that difference as soon as we moved in, but I didn't, um, in my mind, I was like, you know, we're a blended family and I'm, I'm nerdy. I won't deny that. So I'm doing all the research. I'm like, I'm on my phone. Like, okay, blended yeah. families. Yeah. Okay. So blended families, whew, that's a struggle. So like, we're just, we're just trying to figure out how to right. merge how to all navigate. the Right. Um, so I was just like, I'm just going to sit back and observe. Like you go to a job, they even watch you for a period. Like, let's try this, try that. So that's where I was with that. Once he proposed, I was like, okay, now this is serious, serious. Like we're talking about, or we're like, we were talking about marriage, but you put a ring on it. So you're serious. Okay. So then I felt empowered to voice it. So I say, okay, so Uh, we would do these romantic walks after dinner and hold hands and walk through the neighborhood. And so we're walking and I was like, let me do a relationship check-in because we would do these relationship check-ins. And so I'm like, how is everything going? And he's like, you know, everything is great. And how about for you? And so I said, everything is, oh my gosh. I was like, everything is awesome. And I said, but I do want to just talk about something. And that's when I brought up about the difference of how children were treated. And in that, um, for the first time, because we seemed to be able to talk about anything and everything, there was a shutdown. And I didn't know what that meant because he had not shown up as that before. And it sounds like you had done all the right things. Like, it sounds like leading up to that, like I was all in. I mean, I was ready to be like, can y'all invite me over for dinner? But I, but it sounds so it sounds like you had been doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the shift yes. happened. And so the shift happened. Walking. And that was the first, um, the walk ended abruptly. He ended up walking ahead of me and left me like I'm walking down the neighborhood. Because at this point, it's like 930 at night. It's pitch dark. I'm like, okay, dude just left me. 
Okay, but I, I I live in a safe community, but just the it's the principle. You've now put a ring on it. You're you're the man of my life. You're the man of the household. I don't care how mad you get. You make sure your queen is safe. But I was like, okay, we get back to the house. Um, his oldest son is working out in the garage. So and he jumps in the car and leaves. And so I'm like, okay, so I guess we're not going to finish that conversation. I don't even know where to go with this. So that was my first experience with the silent treatment. And I, I just didn't, um, I experienced that in my first marriage. And so I knew instantly that that was something I didn't like. Right. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with the whole, like, you need a break and you need time to process. But when it carried on to the next day and then the next day, I was like, this is awkward. We have children in the house and we're walking around one another talking around the children you know what's so, so funny was, that used to be me like that used to so much like you I was married young mm-hmm. early and listen silent treatment was your girl okay like I don't want and it, it wasn't that was me like and it, it was me mm-hmm. in a way that was like until we have addressed what is happening because it was me partially because my husband at the time was one of those that would like wake up the next morning and it's over. And I would be oh. like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, we're still at yesterday. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I am still where I was yesterday. And so if you're not ready to talk about it, that's fine. You talk about whatever else you want to talk about. I'm going to just be quiet for the next seven to 12 business days until we can talk about it. So anyway, hearing you like from oh. a different perspective, I am not there anymore, Ronetta, like. Okay, all right Obi, okay. I won't judge you please don't judge me I'd appreciate that because I now I'm a communicator right and I get it and we can talk through it but I'm just I just wanted you to know that I was now I don't know that I jumped in the car and left but anyway that used to be me so got it. okay <laughs> so y'all are so now he has gone and you and he is not talking to you yeah, he's not talking to he you. He is but big offended. He is big mad. He's big mad. And so when he returns, the first thing he says to me is, or when, not when he returns, but when he got to the point like three days later where he wanted to talk, we go outside to talk because the kids were still here. And so he says, um, I, you're asking me to do something that I don't believe I can do, which was what I was essentially asking him was just to before he said anything to, what I was saying to him was, when your children are doing something, I'm very mindful that I don't want to make them the Cinderella, okay? Like, I don't want to do that to them. So before I say something to them, I pause and I look at what my son is doing and then I process it of, would I address it if my son was doing it? Would I address it in the same manner if my son was doing it and right. as a way to check myself as the adult in the situation. So that's what I was asking him to do. And I said, especially when all of the boys are together because they see that he's treated differently. Right. And so that's all I was asking me. He was saying that that was not something he was able to do. And so I was just like, okay. Um, the sign, I, like that was something that was serious. and. In that moment, like we continued the conversation into the evening and he had even went as far as to say, I don't think I can continue with the relationship. Now, yes, I see your eyes. Because I don't want you to treat my son differently? Yes. Now, Obi, I honestly should have, like in retrospect, hindsight 2020, I really should have pulled the plug then. Like that's a huge 
statement to make over something that to me was easy or simple or easy to resolve. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm not an extremely emotional person, Yeah. but um, that shocked me. And so I like broke down into tears and I think it shocked yeah. him to see me break down like that. Yeah. So then he immediately retracted his words. Um, and then I went immediately into let me fix it. So it was like, okay, we need premarital counseling. Cause my mind, I was like, well, the premarital counselor, maybe she'll pull out and maybe this will be the person that will be the magic wand to say, you should get married or should not get married. Cause you guys that weren't married day. yet. No, we were still engaged. Okay. Okay. So, um, we did the premarital counseling. Um, she did point out that she, um, from this survey we had to do that she saw finances, um, the children, exes, um, and I forget what the other thing as being red flags for us that could be something that could disrupt the relationship. So she really wanted us to be careful around those subjects. Um, and we both acknowledged that those were, uh, well, at the time I was like, I can't see finances as one. <laughs> and the ex, I was like, my ex is not an issue. <laughs> Um, so I was just like, okay, I can, I can see the kids and I can see his ex, but I was like, me and my ex are cool now. I am good. Um, this is not so, about me, lady. I did not bring, I did not come here for you to tell me what I need to work on, lady. <laughs> so we moved forward, um, with wedding planning and I honestly, because one component that my husband would say, and I still refer to him as my husband what he would say is he would say that he didn't make a lot of money. We, Aunt Ovi, we never in all of this time talked about how much do you bring to the table? How much do you bring to the table? He just assumed, he had an assumption of what he thought I brought to the table based on the home I purchased, the job I have, but I never brought anything. So I say it was a perception because we never talked about it and so because of that um conversation um he added that he put a limitation on how he could financially contribute to the house like I can only pay for these things okay so I was like fine I will take over these things so in that um I found it very surprising because I I said I wanted a, a wedding for my second marriage because I didn't have that the first right but because of our the way how our relationship was and, and how he talked about his finances I was okay with not having that and doing just as a piece again or um, either doing something where it was just me him his dad my mom because his something dad is small and intimate. with an efficient we take a family picture done right I was like, we're, we're 40, we're too old for this. Like, let's move on. So, <laughs> right. right. but he wanted a wedding. Okay. He wanted a wedding. So um, where I started to, I was like, hmm, this is where the finance piece came in at because I, he could not financially contribute to it, but that was what he wanted. And so it was like, we can't get married unless we have this ceremony, but he, only agreed to pay for venue like I'll contribute 50 percent to venue mm-hmm. and that was actually pretty much it but anyway, <laughs> I but paid I for get us a cake. every 
everything else. Okay. Um, and thank God that my mom um, was helpful. She paid for, like she helped me with a yeah, lot of different right. things. Um, so that helped. So fast forward some more. There, now in between all of this, there's more silent treatment, just little nitpicky stuff he would get upset with. And it was like, oh my, I can't believe that this is an issue. Right. And it would go with the whole three to five days of not talking and just the, and what um, the domestic violence coordinator I met with, um, well, I didn't even meet with, I was assigned to embarrassingly by the Raleigh Police Department. Um, the domestic violence coordinator told me that that's called conditioning. They get yes. you to a point of where yeah. uh, they, they put you in a position where you don't feel like you can speak up. Yep. Like she was like, and it starts small like that. So it was the silent treatment, just little things that would tick him off. And then all of the things that he was doing before, like came to a halt. The just the, you know, cuddle time on the couch, the let's talk. And pretty much we got together. I don't know how explicit I can get on this thing, but we pretty much got together for sex. That's how I knew. That's pretty much that's when the arguments would end or the silent of treatment was in. I was like, okay, he must be horny because now he's, Cause now he came he's like, this is going on long enough. Uh, look, <laughs> the other head said, this is going on long enough. Speak up, sir. Yeah, I got it. Let that go. Let that go. <laughs> so I would get flowers. I, he would come with my favorite snack. All of a sudden, he had an epiphany and he understood, and so on and so forth. But I remember um, I had like he different things would happen either with the kids, and he would wake me up or come into the bedroom if I was relaxing and say, you know, look at this. Like they feel like they got this bruise or this bump or whatever. Look at this. And so I would, you know, get up and do that or if something was on him he would want me to look at that and I would do that so I ended up in a car accident in December okay. um, of 2020 and um, I called him I, I remember having the car accident and thinking oh my gosh I'm so glad we're not in a, that gray we're not talking zone because right. I don't know who I would have honestly called but I was like oh this oh this is a good day let me go <laughs> So uh, he I, will answer today. I will be able to tell him. So he, I called, he answered, he came. I um, currently work in Greensboro. Okay. So I commute from Raleigh to Greensboro. Mm -hmm. um, and so he came to Greensboro to get me. Um, the car was towed to the junkyard because they ended up being totaled. I hit a deer, dog on deer. <laughs> so um, I went and did some work with him that day because he had to immediately go to the family business and take care of some things. Um, and then he helped me go um, get the insurance car. I had to get the, um, the, the um, rental car through the insurance. Mm -hmm. Then um, we were pretty much done for the day. And like I came back to the house, um, I'm sitting on the couch and he comes home later and I got up, the, I give him a hug and that's when it hit me. Like my knee hurts. And I was just like, oh my gosh, so I fell backwards back on the couch. And I was like, ooh, like, and I couldn't bend my leg. I was like, should I go to the emergency room? It's COVID out there. I don't know if I want to be in an emergency room. Like, right. Y'all want my leg to fall off or I want to get COVID because this ooh, is awesome. Right. <laughs> and I was like, eh, I'll wait and see if it looks crazy tomorrow. Yeah. So um, I said to him, I was like, you know, why you gotta, you know, work on being, because I, I was, 
talking to one of my married friends and so she was coaching me on being just more vulnerable as a woman yeah. and so I was like well, yeah, you know show him that you need him so I'm like you know babe can you look at my knee and he looks at me and he's like not right now and I was like but it hurts right now <laughs> and he's like no not right now so I was like okay all right well when is a good time? He was like, after this show goes off. So I'm like, okay. So the show goes off. I'm like, now is a good time. I'm like, ooh, it hurts. He was like, well, I'll look at it upstairs. So I hobble upstairs. We get in the bed. I'm like, now can you look at the knee? And he angrily says to me, how much more do you want? I already got up and picked you up this morning. I took you to get your rental car. What else do you want? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, this is the man I'm about to say I do to in a couple of weeks, and he can't even look at my knee. And so I just literally turned over <clears throat> and just cried myself to sleep. Because I'm just like, I, I don't know, like, what in the world is going on? Um, so I just moved on. I was like, I'm gonna let it go. And it was, it was almost, I, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> Oh, it was like as if God was trying to like show something to us because literally two days later, he comes home after work and looks like death. And I look at him and I'm like, you can't sit down. What's wrong with you? No, first I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, I don't feel good. And I was like, all the boys are in the house. I'm like, we got to go get tested. And so like, don't sit down, don't touch anything. <laughs> like let's get in the car. Get out. <laughs> but wait, before you get to that, how was your knee? Like I'm concerned about your knee. I didn't get it. Was it okay? Did we have I, had to to, I had to take, I had to take vulnerability, stuff it back in the box and heal myself, child. Like I just. But is your knee okay? My knee is okay now. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it was just going to the man dying. The shock of the, you know, the shock the of impact. the dashboard, but yes. Okay. So, well, I just um, needed to go back and check on the knee. Okay. So now, now we think he has COVID. So yeah. We pack so him up. He, he did. He ended up testing positive for COVID. And I kind of chuckled, like, when the test came back positive, like. You should have looked at my damn knee. You just looked at my <laughs> knee. You might not be sick. <laughs> okay, get out of my experience. <laughs> I'm just saying that I that's what I'd have said. I bet you wouldn't have COVID if you looked at my knee the other day. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I'm back. I, I was I'm I chuckled. I chuckled because I was just like this Negro has oh can I say Negro podcast? Yeah. <laughs> has COVID and who is gonna have to take care of him? This is a whole, what, 14 day-ish thing. I can't go to work. This impacts the kids. Yep. We're shy from our wedding. We may not even be able to have the wedding. And this dude couldn't even look at my knee. And I was just like, Jesus, whew, you are testing me right now. <laughs> but I'm gonna pull through. I'm gonna pull right. through. And it was like, in that moment, he must have, felt my chuckle what it meant because he looks at me as he's coughing and all kinds of mess and he's like I should have looked at your knee and I was like 
I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to be there for you. <laughs> so um, we did the whole quarantine thing. Um, his ex-wife came and got the children because she felt like she you know, wanted to be a mom to her children while they were yeah. sick. Thankfully, my son didn't catch it at all. I had him tested like four times after that. Didn't catch it. So by the time um, he um, recovered, um, we're a week away from the wedding, a week away from the wedding. So now I'm at this point because I'm just like, that whole time that we were, like he was quarantined upstairs in our home and I was downstairs majority of that time before I, my test came back positive and I ended up needing to go to quarantine, but I didn't have any symptoms. I was asymptomatic positive. Um, I was just like, this has been the most peaceful, like 12 to 14 days. And I felt bad for that. I felt bad that he was off of quarantine and back downstairs and <clears throat> in the general population of the house. I was just like, oh, it was kind of peaceful. And I don't know, I just really felt bad for having that thought. Cause I'm like, I'm about to marry this man. Right. And I feel like there's so much we still need to talk about and need to process through, but literally off of quarantine and it was like, we got to do this. We got to do that. You still haven't paid your half of the venue. Like they need their money. His brother has a flight out of state. My brother is coming in from out of state with his family. I'm just like, okay, we got to do this. So we, um, I was like, you know what, Wayanna, the hill I'm going to die on is back to equal treatment of the children. I can't let that go. Okay. And so like, three days before the wedding, I bring it up again. And he was not happy with that conversation again, which led to us not talking. We're not talking days before the wedding, literally no conversation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we have family in from out of town. Um, I, I, the wedding's at this day, this time, like, and we're not saying a word. So I guess the first time we're going to say something to each other is at the altar. I do. Saying I do. <laughs> and so um, in between all of that, um, of us not talking, I had asked him, because his kids were not um, in the house, um, they were still with their mom and they were coming back. And I said, before the kids come back, since they've quarantined with her, have them retested just to make sure right. before they come back. And he just didn't do it. Um, and so he, when he got the kids back, he ended up taking them to one of those places where they could do the rapid testing. And everyone tested negative except his youngest son. His youngest son was initially negative like my son, but then converted positive. So his youngest son could not even be in our wedding because he was on quarantine. And because his ex-wife had already transferred the kids back to us, she wasn't willing to take the youngest son back. So I, when he, um, here is my thought. I'm at work when this comes up. I am in meetings. I'm trying to close out things because I know that I'm getting married. I'm going to be off work. 
And I get back to a string of text messages on my phone where it's, um, his family did a lot of group family chats. Yeah. And on the group family chat, I see that the youngest son is positive. And I may have been taking this the wrong way, but in my head, I thought this should have been like, we have a wedding in a couple of days. I, I don't want to find out that he's po- like a member of our household is positive on a group chat. Like, I don't want to find that out that way. Yeah. And so that turned into like a whole narcissistic gaslighting. Oh, so you don't want me to talk to my family. That's not what I said. Right. What I said was, I didn't want to find out that way. Like we have an event. <laughs> I don't want to find out that someone that is an integral part of it, it has, right. Right. I was just like, you know what? So then I was like, well, my son also needs to come back home like he still needs to get his tux. He's still like all of these things have to happen. And so he was just like, oh, okay, well, um, like your son could just be with his father and his father can drop him off like right before the wedding. And I, and I just honestly, oh yeah, I went off because I had walked such a fine line yeah. because um, of the dynamic between him and his ex-wife, you could not dictate what they did or did not do with their children. Right. At me as an outsider, not as a parent. And so here, this man is telling me and my ex-husband <laughs> what we what can do. Y'all are going to do. And so I was like, "What you cannot do <laughs> is make plans for my child." And plus, I, I just went off, and so it was just a whole thing. And so finally, the day before the wedding, he goes, "You know, we get married." tomorrow like I'm a, I'm you know what I see it's really serious I'm gonna try my best with them I'm gonna I'm gonna start over I'm gonna try okay my so best this happens the day before the wedding the day before the wedding okay yeah. girl as I'm recapping this to you I'm like girl <laughs> you're like well, I do <laughs> okay. okay it's okay it's about it it's, about it's okay right. it's about right so we get married, um, beautiful, be- that's not okay behind me, <laughs> um, it is now decoration for the house, because <laughs> I'm not getting rid of it, um, my mom, um, I did have a wedding planner, because I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm only getting married one for more the second time, time <laughs> right. one more time, so I went all out, I went and had the decorated converses, the bejeweled converses, I went and had, I got the hanger for the dress that has my last name, Mrs. Jones, I yeah. have yeah. the wedding planner, I was like, bang, um, it says I, I got to put out anyway. I can make it, you do not have to explain to me, because listen, if it happens a second time, okay, I'm going to just leave that everything. Okay, so, um, my mom did the decor. That's what my mom does is her business. Mm-hmm. And so I knew if I had someone else do it, my mom would have been greatly offended. Yeah. And, but when I say my mom stepped up her game and pulled out all stops, she did an amazing job, amazing baby. job. And so yes, for her baby, like she did amazing. I was just like, oh, you said, like, <laughs> Um, and so everything was beautiful. The dress was beautiful. I was a beautiful bride. I'm not I believe that. Uh-huh. I said, I believe that. Thank you. So we got married January 18th of 2021. She was like, okay, today is July 20th. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds like the lead up was a lot longer than the breakdown, but okay. Yeah. So we got married then. Um, and that was it. We got married. We had a night together free of children. Um, it was a great night together. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe this, maybe it was wedding stress. I don't know. Like it's the second time for him, the second time for us. This has felt like the best 48 hour period in a long time. Like this is taking me back to the beginning. Um, His ring didn't fit at the beginning. And so I was having a bridezilla moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> about I guess not bridezilla but wifezilla moment about that yeah. I'm like I want you to have your ring off <laughs> so give me a thing I just draw it on there it'll be fine <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so um he comes home one day and we're back to cuddling on the couch again and okay. he goes um yeah um I was like oh you know we go on our honeymoon in March I was like, so um, make sure um, you get the updated driver's license, the one with the star on it. So I was like, you know, make sure you get the updated driver's license. I don't want there to be any issues when we go through TSA. And he was like, yeah, he was like, um, I made an appointment. Um, actually, I was like, you did? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, and he goes, well, um, I've decided to get car insurance also for my son and let him get his license. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome all right we're gonna have a driver in the house all right and I was like okay because I'm in wife mode and I'm helpmate mode um all right so how much is that so he's like that's going to be 140 dollars a month and I was like 140 dollars now the reason why I paused like that is because before the wedding we needed I wanted to update our security service. Okay. And the price was going to be $50 a month. And he told me, because that was one of the things he paid, he could not afford an extra $50 or more a month. So I was like, okay, so you didn't have 150, I mean, you didn't have $50, but you have $140 a month. I'm just trying to process this. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, is is that going to be in the budget? Like, is that going to be in the budget? And so... He's just like, um, I didn't think about that. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean you didn't think about that? Um, okay, so like, will this land to you not being able to pay something else that you're right. already paying? Right. Um, I don't know if anything, it probably just mean that like you and I can't go out that much. I was like, well, we don't go out that much now. So very little that we go out, you mean it's going to even dwindle even more? I was like, just because we're married, because I used to say this phrase when we're engaged, you're still pursuing me. Right. Yeah, this don't stop. (laughs) So are you telling me that there's going to be even less, lesser of the less date night? Like for cars? Like, hold on, let me process. So this, and I had not seen him respond this way or act this way he literally jumps off the couch looms over me and is like curse words and all you gonna tell me what I can mf and do for my son and I was just on the couch like and not quiet so like kids hear it and I'm just on the couch like oh 
And I was like, wait a minute. So I'm like, collect yourself, Randa, collect yourself. I'm like, well, one, watch your tongue. And he repeats it again. And then he storms off and gets in his car and leaves. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand like what just happened. Right. So because the kids were in the home, I just was afraid to bring it back up again. And I didn't bring it back up again, but I did feel some kind of way about it. Right. Um, so we're not talking, the kids go back. We have a weekend to ourselves, still no, we're not talking. Um, so then he, um, I said, you know what? I am fed up with this not talking. <laughs> I'm fed up with it. Um, Cause he said some other things before he stormed away in terms of like, I wasn't gonna tell him what to do with this for his, um, that I couldn't tell him what to do for his kids. Um, he takes care of his kids, da, 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 da. And so I was like, you know what, since he wants to do for his kids so much, cause I did laundry, we went, I went from a family of two, me and my son to a family of six. Right. So doing a laundry for a family of six. Yeah. I felt like I was a laundry bag yeah. on Saturday. Something's like, always dirty. Yeah. And the boys played football. Like it was just yep. a lot. So I was had the huge mouth of clothes that I was sorting that day. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel like spending my whole entire Saturday doing laundry. And you know what? He's not talking to me on the basis of he wants to do for his kids. I'm going to let him do for his kids. Petty, I know. So I took the laundry. That is not what this space means. Like, <laughs> no, that's not what this space means. But, but go ahead. <laughs> I took the laundry for him and his kids, pushed it to the side, and I did me and my son's laundry. So he came back home and he goes, um, are you still doing laundry? I was like, no, I'm done. He goes, okay. He was like, because I don't have any more underwear. And I was like, it's probably in one of those piles on the floor. He said, but I thought you said, so this is dirty laundry down here on the floor. I was like, mm-hmm. He was like, but how are you done if there's still laundry on the floor? I was like, because you said that you wanted, like, we're not even talking because you said that you want to do for you and your kids. And as I was sorting clothes, I was like, well, I don't think it's fair for you to pick and choose on how you want to do for your kids. If you want to do okay. for your kids, do for your children. That includes laundry. <laughs> Petty. When I tell you that I was stunned, I, I was sitting on the couch and this man comes over to me and goes, well, he goes, that's fine. That's fine. Wyatt. You know what? That's fine. And then he goes upstairs, comes back down, door slamming here and there. And I'm like, I'm not even going to, I'm not bringing cups to his pity party. I'm not going to do it. So he puts the first load in, then he comes over to the couch, stands over me again, and he goes, is this how it's going to be between us? Is this what marriage is going to be like? Because if this is what it's going to be like, I want a divorce. And I sat up and I was just like, if me not doing laundry, I said, which I'll acknowledge was a passive aggressive move. If me doing that leads you to, I want a divorce and we haven't even made it to two weeks of marriage, we're doomed. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, we're, we're not even gonna make it. And so I was just, at that point, I was just stunned, shocked, I, I uh, heartbroken, yeah. disappointed, sad. Cause I'm like, 
we just like the ink is not even we haven't even got our marriage certificate out yet yeah so i'm like how like who you didn't even send out your thank you cards i didn't take longer than that to send thank you cards out we hadn't even sent out thank you cards so i'm just like oh my gosh so he storms out the house went and got a hotel room now remember i said we talked every day I was like, how do we go from talking every day to spending all this time together, to moving in together, to getting engaged, to now there's silent treatment and periods of not talking. And now we're married and he's staying in a hotel room. Like what in the world is going on? I honestly, oh, because he hadn't done that part before. I honestly was just like, and he um, is diabetic. I was just like, I don't know where he is. Like, was he so mad that he's in a diabetic coma somewhere? Right. And so I was like, you know, screw all of this being mad. So I honestly reached out to his family was just like, I don't, he's not answering his phone. I don't know where he is. The only way I was able to figure out where he was was because he had his laptop and I opened his laptop and pulled up his email and saw the hotel reservation. So that's right. how I was able to call and he answered out. and I was just like, I was like, okay, I just wanted to know where you were. Are you safe? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was just like, text me next time. Like, I can't believe like we have all these other rooms in the house. Like right. you would just go home. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, and then not answer the phone. I was like, you're a husband now. How something happened to me? Like you wouldn't even know, like you gotta be a little bit more responsible in your madness. So he comes home, I get the flowers again, all my favorite snacks. I get the, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I really want to make this work. And, you know, what triggered me about the laundry was you were making me feel like I was being treated like a kid. I don't like feeling like I'm being treated like a kid. Okay. And so I'm like, okay. And so we apologize, whatever. Two days later, we're back at it again. This time it's painting the house. He wants to paint the house one color. And I'm like, I feel like we should have both agree on the color that went into, well, if you're saying I'm the man of the house, truly the man of the house, then I should be able to pick the color and do what I want to do. I'm like, <laughs> so it sounds like many of like leading up to this point, a lot of it was like emotional, definitely, definitely mental and emotional. Yes. Um, had it gotten physical at that point? Oh, I'm about to get there. <laughs> okay so um it was like I don't know like like I said it was it just became walking on eggshells yeah so I started to thankfully I work at a hospital so I started when I say thankfully in terms of I had somewhere to go right. so I started spending like not when my son was home because I felt accountable to be with my son right 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 but when you didn't have so to when my home. son went back to his father I would be at work like 14 hour days. Yeah. Cause it was like, I can just stay at work. Until I'm exhausted. Until I'm exhausted. There were times yeah. I pulled over on the side of the road yeah. to go to sleep, take a cat nap. Cause I was so tired driving home just to minimize the amount of time waking yeah. hours that we had together. Yeah, there, yeah. So my son is home. We're having dinner at the table. We're recovering from a silent treatment period where he wants to talk again. And I had this like epiphany driving home, Obi, where it was like, I feel like 
there's something about us being married. And even because like I said, I noticed a shift after the engagement. I was like, something is a trigger for him. And I just want to help him figure it out. Like, right. however, like whatever I can do, I'm just like, I'm all in. What can I do? And so we were sitting down at the dinner table. My son finishes his food. He goes upstairs. Um, I honestly felt like my son felt like it was tense because it right. was Right. The three of us at the He's table. like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go. <laughs> he was like, I'm done. I'm going to go upstairs. I was like, okay. So, um, we're we're left at the table together. He was like, well, do you want to talk? And I was like, sure. And so that's when I I said that to him. I was like, you know, I I want you to know, I'm I'm all in. I'm here. And I was like, and I I haven't done anything to you. I said, but the energy you give me, um, at times, um, because his. And I can't even honestly say anymore. I used to say this. I used to say his ex-wife was very manipulative and um, controlling, mm-hmm. but that was the story he fed me about right. her. Right. And so I only have one side of the story, but based on the things that he was telling me, there were some things that he was saying and showing up in our relationship that I was like, you need to get that energy to her. Right. Like, Right. Like that's where that should go. Like not to me, like I'm here for you. Yeah. And I literally said it just like that. Right. In that tone, I'm sitting at the table, like, oh my gosh. And he bangs his hand on the table real hard. And he goes, don't you effing talk about my ex-wife. And I was like, my son is upstairs lower your voice, watch your tone. And I was like, I'm not talking about your ex-wife. I'm talking about how you should occur with her compared right. to how you could occur with me and the things you tell me that she does to you. Right. And so I was saying to him, I was like, so I am saying, I feel like you're misplacing right. some of that. Some of that. Um, so he bangs his hand on the table again. He stands up foaming at the mouth, leaning over me. And in that moment, my heart starts beating fast because I'm like, now he's, like, I have no room to get up because he's that over me. And so I'm just like, I'm scared. And it scared me that I was scared again like that. I was like, I don't like that feeling. And so I stood up and I was like, what you going to do? Yeah. But in my heart, I was like, girl, if this man swings, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, but if you could not do that, that'd be great. But I, okay. <laughs> I'm saying, but don't do it. Please. Good. Please don't do it. Do it. Girl, yeah. you are going to be out. Like you're going to be out. And do you want your son to see that or hear that? Like, I was just like, I was like, what you going to do? I was like, oh, <laughs> like, and so he gets mad and he's like leaning in on me and, then he's like, you know what, you effing bitch, and da, da, da. and it's, I was like, did this man just call me? Like, oh my god, like out of, I'm not perfect, but really, right? So then he leaves the house. Um, as he's leaving the house, he kicks a dent in the door. He punches a hole in the wall, and leaves. And I'm literally standing downstairs, like, oh my god what just happened and who am I married to who am I who is he who is this person I'm embarrassed because I know my son heard it and 
I was honestly scared to even go upstairs to face him. I was just like, I just literally stood in that spot like, I don't know what happened. Now, at this point, I don't know that there's a dent in the door and I don't know there's a hole in the wall. I know I heard a whole bunch of commotion as he was right. exiting. And I was just like, I'm gonna stay right here where it's safe. <laughs> and so when I walked towards the door, cause he went out of the garage door. When I walked, that's when I saw the door open. When I went to try to close the door, it was like off the hinge a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh. and when I closed, that's when I see the dent. Then that's when I see the hole in the wall. And I was like, that's what that noise was. And I was like, oh my gosh. And at that moment, I started shaking and I reached out to his dad because I'm just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know, if, like, does he have a mental health history? Like, like right. what right. helped me? Who is this man? Yeah. Right. Um, not one response from his dad. I know, like, to this day, did not get a message back at all, at all. So I thought maybe he just didn't get the message. Like, maybe he just Or maybe they it. knew. I'm, I'm there now that they, they knew. Oh, okay. Um, I was, it's okay. I was going to bring you with me if you had, if yeah. we weren't here yet. We were going to. We were going to make this journey together. <laughs> so I, um, then after that point, um, like he, he was gone. He came back like three something that morning. Um, by that time I went from shocked, embarrassed, sad, shed tears. Usually I say prayers with my son at night. I didn't even say prayers with him. I just kind of yelled out from over. I'm like, go to bed and make sure you brush your teeth. Cause I was just scared to face him. Right. I went in the bedroom. I got in the bed. I, then I went to, I'm pissed off. Cause this is the house I prayed for <laughs> and that God blessed me with. And he's going to disrespect. Like, can I go to their family business and punch a hole in the wall? Can I go to their family business and dent a door? Like, Ooh, I'm upset. And so then I was like, I want my dog on wall fixed. And I want it fixed the way it looked when I bought the house. And so that's where I went when he came back home was I rolled over and was just like, I want the wall fixed. Period. Like we ain't got to talk about anything else. I want the wall fixed. When I come back in this house, um, and he did, he, when I came back, he had it patched up and fixed. I mean, he couldn't do anything with the dent in the door. The door is still dented to this day. Um, so... Now, fast forward to, we recover from that. We talk about that. Um, I did reach back out to his dad again, because by this time, my son's father and I do a week on, week off, and it was time for my son to come back. Thankfully, when that incident happened, it was like on a Thursday night, my son left that next day. So he had a week away. So did you ever really have a conversation with your, your baby? Mm -mm. I was, I couldn't bring it up. I could not. And the, the embarrassing part, Obi, for me was I left his dad off of some, I don't feel right being married to this man. This is not who I wanted to be married to. Well, hell, like if I'm, like, I should have stayed married to that. <laughs> like, it just, I was like, like, if this is what I'm going to expose my son to, like, I could have left him, like, with that example, like, at least it wasn't all of this. Yeah. And so I was just, I, I couldn't say anything. But have you talked and to him so, since then? Have you guys talked yes, about it? Yes, we've had okay. multiple conversations, okay. yes. Okay. Um, so he, um, I reached out to his dad from the stance of, 
I, I'm still lost. My son is due to come back. Is this a safe place for me to bring him to or should I not bring him here? Yeah. Still no response back. So I finally ended up deciding to just bring my son home. Um, so yeah, so by the time my mind is racing Ovi and I'm just like, I don't even feel married at this point. So I'm right. stretching, I'm pulling at straws. We did the thank you cards while I did the thank you cards. Um, sent those out. Um, our photographer sent the, um, the book finally. I couldn't even bring myself to look at the book, but I had it because um, so much was happening. I, by the time it's February, so I was like, let me get my name changed. Maybe if I get my name changed, he will see, okay, she is all in. Did the name change? He came home. I'm like, got the social security card. It, it just, I was like, we're just going through the motions at this point. Right. So now it's a lot more silent treatment, a lot more just not spending time together. And I was in a, in a place, like you said, you know, you, you did your running and had your conversations with God. So I was in a place of like, I'm just like, I need help. So I'm having these full out. If you were ever driving beside me on the highway, I have full out conversations. That was you, girl. <laughs> that was you. I saw you. I was girl. Girl. Because there are some people that are looking at like, who is she talking to? Mind <laughs> your business. Mind your business. You don't know what's happening in this like, yeah. Look, like, God, yeah. please. So um, I'm just like, really just, I, I, I want to make this marriage work. And there's something, there's some kind of block. I don't know what it is, but help me. So I was like, you know, Wanyetta, maybe the 14 hour days is not helping because you're, you're not having a connection. Right. So I was like, you've got this shooting goal. And plus, he has three boys that need to know their stepmom. And like, that's awkward for them too, with you not, like, they're not hardly seeing you either. Right. So I came home. I was, I made the decision to come home and have dinner with the family. My son was not home, um, thankfully. And so I, I walk in. Um, they had just finished eating. Um, he saved a plate for me. Okay. Um, and I think for that, um, oh, let me, sorry, let me start over. As I'm driving home, I hear a voice clear as day, Ovi, clear as day. Have you seen this show on Netflix called Manifest? Yes, girl. I just finished, I binged it and I just finished it and now I'm angry. Anyway, was you on 828? Is that what you was about to tell me? Is that where this story is going? That you was on 828 and that you, you, yes, but you know, I was a black girl, so didn't show me. They scanned your face. You ain't on, they ain't got, you was in the season, you was about to come up in the season that they not having. It's I'll be like, in season three, season three. Yeah, yeah. So just like they would have those voices yeah. on eight calling. I, I, I had a calling from God himself. And I heard it clear as day. I'm like two minutes from the house where it was like, you need to stop and pray. And I was just like, um, this is going to sound sad, but God, we've had a good two days. I don't really know what I need to pray about. And so I just did a quick cursory prayer. Just, yeah. all right, God bless my family. All right. And pulled up in the driveway. Mm -hmm. That was all I did. And I, to this day, I'm like, I should have pulled over. Like he asked me to and have prayed because I walked in the house. Like I said, they were just finishing up dinner. He saved me the plate. And 
I'm gonna go, go there. This podcast about to get real. In all of this, because like I said, both. we would make up for sex. Right. That stopped going well about okay. probably like a couple of weeks before, like a few weeks before. And so where he wasn't able to perform. So okay. he ended up getting medication, seeking out treatment from his doctor, getting medication. Okay. So I come home, he has a plate saved. And he goes, um, and I, I felt compelled to eat. I was like, let me eat. Even though I'm not really hungry, I ate. Right. Thanked him for it. He reached to give me a hug. I pulled back and he was like, wow. And I was like, you know what? That's, you know, I said, that's sad. Our marriage is at that state where I, I will shrink back when you're trying to, I was like, so let's try that over. So we hug. He asked me about my day. We go through all the pleasantries. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go upstairs. And he was like, well, do you want to watch TV together? And I was like, sure. I was like, do you mind watching it upstairs? He was like, yeah, we can do that. I was like, well, let me use the bathroom, freshen up, and, you know, I'll let you know when I'm ready. Yeah. So as I'm heading upstairs, he goes, oh, um, something came in the mail for you. And I was like, it did? Did I order something from Amazon? <laughs> and I'm like, like, I ordered so much, I couldn't remember. I was like, did right. do I have something? So um, he comes and he shows me the medication bottle. I was like, oh, it did? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, ooh, you want to take a pill today? And he's like, Mm, no it's like nine o'clock and it takes about an hour to work and i was like and the fine print says if it's still hard tomorrow we're gonna have a problem so we're gonna <laughs> like, do that today but i mean like an hour like it's only gonna be 10 o'clock like we ain't that old that like, we can't have sex at 10 o'clock like what the hell and it's been a while like right angry sex really works for us let's do this right so, um we go upstairs Ovi we watch this movie the movie ends we hold hands during the movie it was like I was just like this is a good night I was like all right we're on day three of a good night so um after the movie goes off he was like what do you want to do next and I was like I mean, they're taking the pill like I asked you to. Like, right, we'd be ready. <laughs> It'd be perfect timing. Um, I was like, we can still take that pill. And he goes, why can't we just cuddle? And I was like, okay, we can cuddle, we can cuddle. And Ovi, it just stopped right then. I literally turned off the light because we have a remote to turn off the light. Turned off the light and like, look towards him his back is towards me and I was just like okay maybe he wants me to cuddle him maybe he wants me to be the big spoon yeah I'm the big spoon no problem so but something in me was like uh-uh so I was like hey are you okay he goes no and I was like what happened he goes I don't want to talk about it and I was like oh my gosh and I just was exasperated because I was like look I was like we just had a really good like two to three days like I don't want to go back to a whole silent treatment spell like whatever it is I've done said that I realized don't realize like I don't I don't want to do this like okay fine fine fine, fine. if you don't want to talk can we can we still cuddle he's like no and I'm like okay <sighs> so I'm like sitting there in the dark like this is stupid like why so I didn't let it go and I should have well my counselor says I shouldn't say that but I right. still say that I should have 
Um, and so I'm just like, come on, like, I don't want to do this. So he buries his face in the pillow and I'm like, just talk to me like something, like, give me something. Like, don't, please don't shut down. Right. Wouldn't say anything. Kept his face buried in the pillow. And I said, cause we both had 11 year olds. I was like, so I was like, don't act like an 11 year old right now. Like, <laughs> use your words. We're adults. Use your words. And he lifts his head up from the pillow. He goes, don't you fucking talk to me like that. Don't you call me no names. And I was like, I didn't call you a name. I just said, don't act like an 11 year old. This man jumps off the bed, starts throwing stuff off the, like across the room, taking stuff off the dresser. The nightstand is throwing things, cursing, bitch this, bitch that. I'm tired of this effing BS. You effing bitch that like all over the place. Now we slept in the nude. So because we were already in the bed watching this movie, we're undressed. So all right. of this is happening. He's naked, I'm naked. So I turn on the light and I'm like, one, my first thought is there's kids. Right. In the, right. Like down the hall. I'm like, what in the world? Like get yourself together. You need to calm down. You need to watch your tone. And you like, don't call me out of my name anymore. Right. Like, like we've talked about this. Um, so he, it continues. And he was like, his face was in rare form. His, his eyes looked soulless. It's hard to yeah. dislike. It was just, yeah. like, I was like, this somebody is else. It, like a complete different person. Yeah. The next part that, so that scared me. The next part that escalated my fear was when his two oldest boys came into the room. Mm -hmm. And my first thought is I'm naked. I'm naked, right. So I'm like, boys, like you got to get out. And they're like, we just need to get our father to calm him down. We need to get him calm. And so I'm like, but you got to get, I have no clothes on. I have no clothes on. So I'm trying to like take the sheet and cover myself. He snatches that from my hand, tosses that across the room. So I'm like, you guys really got, I was like, please get out. I'll get him calm. Like, please get out. So I'm like, please, like, I'm like trying to like, I'm touching his shoulders. I'm like, please calm down, calm down. Like he's like, pushing back. me away, pushing yeah. me away. So finally, I was like, you know what? You need to leave. And so he's like, this is my motherfucking house, bitch. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. So I'm like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Like, what is happening? So I'm, all I have, Ovi, is my mouth. I ain't gonna lie, I used to get popped in the mouth all the time growing up. I was that good. And so that, that was, because I'm, I'm five even yeah. in height. Oh, so I, okay. he's, he's six one. Right. So I'm like, all I have is my mouth. And like, oh, so I was just like, I can't let him know I'm scared. Like, I can't let him know I'm scared. So a constant theme that he would bring up on just like simple stuff, the paint was one of them, was that was my way of letting him know that this was not his house by right. saying we need to make decisions together. Yeah, he couldn't right. make the decision right and I was like that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying I want to like the paint color, color too <laughs> right <laughs> so um I because I was really sensitive to he's a black man moving in with me right and all ever like do not say this is your house so for the moment he moved in even before he proposed this was our house our, our house, house our neighborhood our, mm -hmm. our, our. so um in that moment he was looming over me call me an effing bitch and this is my motherfucking house I was like 
actually, <laughs> your name is actually not on the mortgage. It's not your house. <laughs> I'm gonna just go on and say that probably wasn't the best time to bring that, that up. Okay, it was not the best time to bring okay. that up. All right. So, okay. of course, that escalated even more. I pushed me. I just a whole. It was bananas. So, I said, I pick up my phone and I'm like. I'm gonna go. If you won't leave, I'll leave. I'll leave. And so he takes my phone out my hand, throws it across the room, and is like, uh, "You're not leaving." And I was like, "Well, if you're not leaving. I can't leave. Then I need my phone so I can call the police." And he's like, "You're not calling MF and police on me so that they can come lock me up or get a gun and shoot me." And in that moment, I was like, "Right, because that's a real fear. That's a like, real fear." If he's scared of the gun, maybe that will shock him into this. Like I have, I have put my wife in a position that she's that scared. And so I tried several more attempts to try to get my phone kept pushing me back. Like, no, no, no. So in my safe, I I have two guns. Okay. My dad made sure he left me well. So, <laughs> so I was like, Got my got my gun safe, pulled it, never pointed it at him, but I had it drawn by my side. And I was like, you need to back up, like back up. And he's like, you bitch, you gonna pull a gun out on me? You gonna pull a gun out on me? And I was like, I don't have it pointed at you, but I do have it out to let you know, like leave me alone. So he's like, no, no, you crazy ass bitch. Takes the gun, throws that across the room. You're probably not. So now I'm- the gun. I don't, I don't. Oh, look, let me tell you something. My father, I'm confident, turned over in his grave when that was like that is much, not what we talked about. <laughs> as much gun training we did together, like I was like, Lord have mercy, my father. Mm, he's up in heaven, like Jesus, please send me back. Right now, right send now. Me back I need, right I need now for back a moment. Just for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, oh my gosh. So in that moment, he storms across the room, kept through like throwing some other things. Call me out my name some more. And then he goes, I'm leaving. I'm taking my kids. You crazy as hell, I'm leaving. And I'm just standing there like, oh, I'm still shocked he threw the gun. Right. I'm, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Then he goes, and I'm taking your phone and your gun. So takes my, went across the room where he threw both of those things, grabbed it, throws on some pants, tell his kids, get up let's go um one of his kids was on the phone to this like i have an idea of maybe what happened i think either maybe um his oldest son was either on the phone with his mother and she called the police or either he was on the phone with the police and then called and his they, mother they showed up yeah because they showed up like he left and literally they showed up like five minutes later so much so to the point that i was still upstairs like this shaking and the police are banging at my door and but I'm thinking it's him and so I'm like I'm not going back down I'm not I'm not going he has a key I'm not going he can let himself in right. but when the banging intensified uh, that's when I was like I need to see who it is and so um threw on a robe saw four officers out the window and was just like okay I gotta like this is embarrassing like Ovi you know the George Jefferson song we're moving on up I live in a country club neighborhood. I'm embarrassed as all get out. I got well, let me four. Tell you, what? I've been there. 
police so, officers I know. at my door. Mm-hmm. So they, bang come in. they don't even bang quiet. So can't nobody hear. Yeah. Oh no, they banged like I had a whole like meth lab up in here. Yes, ma'am. So they come in. I just felt just dirty. I felt like nothing. I felt I'm confused. I'm embarrassed. I'm shocked. I, I don't, I'm trying to process. Yes. My main thing was this man has my phone and my gun. And so that's what I kept rambling. Like he has my phone and my gun. And I told the officer right then and there, I was like, I like rambled what happened because the officer was like, what happened? And so I rambled out what happened. And I was like, main thing, he has my phone and my gun. I want those back. I was like, you know what? Screw the phone. I don't even need the phone back, but I definitely want the gun back. my, My deceased father gave it to me. Like I want that gun back. And so, um, the officer was like, okay, do you think he's going to harm his kids? I was like, I don't think he would harm his kids. He was like, where do you think he would go? I was like, to his father's house. His father lives 15 minutes away from me. And so by this time, the other officer is on the phone with the children's mother and says, you know, confirm that that's where he is. They're safe. Um, they were able to get him on the phone. He threw my gun somewhere in, my, in the phone, somewhere in the neighborhood. So they had to go where he claimed he threw it. And they were able to find it behind a bush. Um, and bring that back to me and so the officer was just like well what do you want to do and here I am because I got married for it to last forever so I was like sir I said that's my husband I don't want to press charges because I was saying to the officer I was like I need to be taken and locked up for pulling out my gun like I, I will own that and the officer was like no one, he trapped you. If he would not let you out of that room so you could leave, that's you should have shot his ass. That's what the officer should have told you. Sorry, I don't. I might need to edit that out. Like, <laughs> that's probably you know. He pretty. He didn't say it that way, Obi, but he did say I was in the right. Um, and I was like, I was like, look, I was like, you know what? Go ahead and lock me up. Like, I, oh my gosh. And he was like, no, ma'am. He was like, you were in a, da- your life was in danger at that moment. You were definitely in the right. And I was like, but I didn't point it out. My- he was like, ma'am, calm down. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, it was just a lot of, lot to process. His son, um, about an hour later, texted me to apologize. Um, and to make arrangements for them to return to get their things the next day Um, and I was like here this 17 year old has to do this right and I just was like this is just sad Um, so I left the house so that they could come get their things Um, when I came back um, like I saw he packed like a good number of his clothes yeah he left his wedding band on the nightstand so I was like okay he's sending a message there right but I was just like I remember talking to my mom I literally talked to my mom after the police officers left probably to four o'clock in the morning she was like you need to go to sleep and I was like I can't like I can't go to sleep if you need to go to sleep you can go ahead and go to sleep but I gotta stay like right I I, I was one scared because I'm like everyone has keys to this house I don't feel like and plus the officers were educating me that I couldn't, until he had another address, I could not prevent access to the home. So I'm like, I literally got to live in this state of when is he coming back? When is he coming back? And I honestly was scared. I was honestly scared. I just was not, I wasn't ready for him to be like around. Right. And so, so you, I mean, have y'all, 
was that it? Like, did the relationship end then? It pretty much ended since then. What happened was, um, I, what I said was, I didn't want, um, I didn't believe we needed to be physically together. I just knew that he needed help. And I was like, if he can get the help that he needs, then we can slowly return, but it's gonna have to be over a consistent period of time. I know this is the mind, like, Obi, I'm still working through child. I be forgetting that this is like, you can see me. I mean, I, the people that's listening won't be it. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm listening. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so his story that he is telling and his family is telling, because this is a story they got to make sure the image of the family business. Right. He was the best man anybody had ever known. The Jones family. Yeah. That, um, yes, that he's the best man I know. Like, so that same mutual friend that hooked us up because he called him and told him that for no reason I pulled a gun out on him. That I just, so that's the story that they're spinning is that she lost it and just pulled a gun and I was scared that she was going to shoot me and my kids. And so we had a flea in the middle of the night. Left out all the parts. So when I told his, even when I told the mutual friend what happened, what led up to that moment, I was like, and I didn't even point the gun to him. Like the friend was just like, <laughs> and so I, I then I was angry because I was like, now they're defaming my character right. out in the community. Um, the wine group I was a part of because his sister was um, right. to a degree involved with that. I couldn't even be in. That's how I also knew that there was more talking being done because then they started calling me. Right. And then what threw me off was when um, I reached out to his, well, before I even get to that, so I messaged, I text him and, you know, say, you know, hopefully we can talk. Um, he messaged me back and said he wasn't ready to talk, that he found an apartment and that he wanted to come pack his things um, and he had movers. And so um, I had written him a letter because I'm like, I still want my husband. I'm still processing, but I still need, it was a lot in my head. And so I've written him a letter like saying, like we're married, like we got some serious work that needs to happen. Um, but he has taken the stance of that he no longer wants to be in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And so that is where we are right now. Um, so I, that happened in March, Ovi, I probably closed myself off to the world for like two months after that. Um, one, just out of sadness, disappointment, yeah. um, embarrassment, confusion, um, all of these things. And when people say to me like, oh my gosh, you're so strong, you're so resilient. Cause now I'm starting to talk and tell my story. Right. Um, and I'm like, am I though? Am I really strong? Am I really resilient? Because technically he left me. I didn't say I'm done. Like he said he was done. And I was like, how does the, the, the person who was the, <laughs> the abuser, like how does the abuser get to call the shot? Like I, I'm the victim, like I should be able to call the shots. Um, I probably didn't shed my first tear until I was at work and I kept getting this missed call from a 919 number. And I was just like, oh my God, these spam calls. Every now and then I'll answer them. Yeah, same. I was like, 
okay, this has repeated enough, I'm gonna answer. And when that woman said, I've been assigned to you by the Raleigh Police Department as your domestic violence coordinator, I lost it. I closed my office door. Because you don't see, you don't identify. You don't identify. That was just like, I don't have, and that's the other hard part because you hear other, I'm in a support group, a domestic violence support group. You hear all of these other stories and that's the one thing they say in the support group is don't compare. Right. And I'm just like, well, I, I don't have a black guy. I still have all my teeth. You know, people are telling me they've been thrown off balconies and all. I'm but like, damage, I didn't have that. But damage was done. And the fact that you have even said just in this moment, so it sounds like mm-hmm. you're going to therapy. It sounds like you're mm-hmm. in the support groups. It sounds like you have, you know, lots of support, mm-hmm. but you have yet to tell, you have yet to say to me that the relationship is over. Like, mm-hmm. so the fact that, Mm-hmm. You have just spent an hour and 20-ish minutes yep. telling mm-hmm. me all the things that he did to you, said to you, how it made you feel. Um, and yet you are still like, but maybe we can fix it down the line, um, means that whether, like you got the black eye, like you got the black eye, the same it's way inside. it's inside. Like you got the black mm-hmm. eye the same way somebody else did who, some, who was actually punched in the face you know the damage that is done from those things exists no matter the physical scars right so like some other people Mm -hmm. might have burns or cuts or bruises that they can see when they look in the mirror but the damage was done um I would say that you are strong and you are a survivor because you're number one because you're telling your story right so there will be Mm -hmm. Someone that listens to this or someone that listens to you, whether it's this podcast or not, will be either in that same situation or something similar. And they would have told themselves that they are not in a domestic violence situation, right? Um, Yes. Because I have been there. I have been there at least, I've been there twice. I have been in two Mm -hmm. relationships that were um, domestic violence See. I mean, mm-hmm. same much like you, I never got the black eye, right? I was never smacked around um, when I was very young. Um, and, you know, the scars from that relationship were more, it's weird because I was in high school um, and I look back mm-hmm. to them. And so he never hit me, but he used to choke me, right? And he would like dig his nails into my neck. And I can remember going to school, right? Going to going to high school and our friends being like, no, that's not okay. Like his friends and my friends, we had the same circle. That's not okay that he's doing that to you. And I would be like, oh, it's not, a, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, I was, I was 17, 16, mm-hmm. 17, right? It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And because for me, he didn't punch me in the face. You know, I didn't have any broken bones. My nose wasn't bleeding, you know. Um, and for me at that time, I think I felt like those were signs that our love was real and like intense and fiery, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then as an adult, I was in a similar, different, he didn't choke me. Um, was much less physical, but like what I have come to understand is that I have trouble with men who don't know how to communicate. So like the men that I have encountered and that people I know have encountered that have the largest issues with domestic violence are ones who like don't know how to communicate anger or jealousy or mm-hmm. my feelings are hurt, right? So like I'm, I'm, I'm having these emotions and they may be valid. Mm-hmm. I may have a valid mm-hmm. reason to be angry, but I don't know how to express that to you. I don't know how to say, 
Ovi, you did something that pissed me off and let's talk about it, right? And so as opposed to being able to talk about it, right? You lashing out or you're being quiet or you are, you know, intimidating me in some way. Um, Mm -hmm. So again, like the fact that you're still standing, right? Um, The fact that you're telling your story um, not only empowers you, but empowers other people. And then the fact that you are continuously getting help to be stronger makes you strong because you could be like, let me just shrivel up and die. Like, you know, it sounds, you know, Mm -hmm. it sounds like who would do that? But you could have said this happened to me and it now defines who I am. And I'm just going to shrivel up and die as a result. Um, Yeah. And so I do commend you for that. And like, sometimes being the one that gets left is the blessing. And I'm slowly starting to realize that. Like I'm slowly starting to realize that, you know, that door being shut, even if I wasn't the one that shut it, is the reason why I'm here to be able to tell others what happened. Because I could be not here to tell others what happened. No, and the reality, well, and the reality too is, that door being shut gives you an opportunity to heal so that you can never reopen that door. Right. Like if he had left, you might still be here. Be your story might be completely different. And who who knows what might have happened the next time he he took Mm -hmm. the gun from you. I should not laugh. But we got to get you some gun classes. Okay. We I know we're gonna talk about that on a different show. But a different different podcast, yes. Different podcast. But the, the point, I guess what I, what I want, and I'm sure your therapist mm-hmm. and like those people have said that to you, but like, there's absolutely a blessing in being told no or having a door shut, mm-hmm. especially if there are doors that you weren't going to, or didn't feel strong enough or would not have shut on your own. Like right. him shutting that door on you may have saved your life. Right. And so that's the blessing. Like you still have your house, you still have your son, you know, um, mm-hmm. You now know when you hear those callings that are so clear in your mind, you now know to listen mm-hmm. in a way that maybe you didn't mm-hmm. six months ago. Exactly. You know, um, there are things that you like. So in my, in my, not my most recent relationship, but in my most recent relationship that dealt with that, I settled on so many things, so many like things that I need, that I needed affection and PDA and cuddling and, and affirmation and um, being celebrated. Like he didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of those things. And it, we were together for a long time. And during, during, while we were in that relationship, I wanted it to work so bad. We weren't married or anything, we weren't engaged and nothing. Mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, what was you doing girl? But I wanted it to work so badly that at mm-hmm. some point I convinced myself that I didn't need those things that I no longer needed them. And so when I finally got out of that relationship and started dating someone who did those things naturally, I had a really hard time in the beginning because I challenged his motives. Like, are you telling me I'm beautiful because you want to do it to me? Because like, I mean, you know, or, you know, why are you kissing me in Walmart? Like, what do you want? Yeah, I mean, I don't have no money. Like he wasn't broke. You know, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. But 
it took a while for, or, and you know, even more subtle things like he would say things like, um, we would get, I would get dressed for date night and he would be like, oh my God, you look amazing. And I might be like, yeah, except I'm fat or yeah, but my braids need to be done or yeah, but my eyebrows need to be done. Like for me, my counter to whatever he was saying to me was a, was a counter to what was wrong, mm-hmm. what I felt was wrong. But I had conditioned in my previous relationship had conditioned me to believe that that I wasn't worthy or valuable of those, you know, of those things. Um, and so, you know, I will say again, like, like you are valued, you deserve all of the things that you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, that was number two doesn't mean I have a, I have a really good friend who has a very similar story. Very, very, very similar. Like I could almost switch you two out and it would be very That's similar. Amazing. And so much so that she's like, I ain't never getting married again, right? And so we debate yeah, that. Right. We debate that a little bit because I'm a lover mm-hmm. of love, right? I'm like- I love love. <laughs> um, and so I would just encourage you to like heal, continue to do the things that you're doing that make mm-hmm. you amazing. Continue to find the blessing in the last two years that you've had. And, you know, sometimes it might seem like the blessing is very way deep in the bottom, but like there are blessings that come out of that. There is Mm -hmm. power in showing your son that you didn't stay. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that not only he is to respect women, but also that like, you thought more of you and you thought more of him than like, I'm not staying. Even if, even if you weren't the one that left, like, even if you weren't the one that left, like the the bottom line is here we are. And I'm no longer in that relationship. And so whenever you, you know, after you go get your gun classes, (laughs) after you do those, whenever you are thinking about like reopening that door or allowing that space, you know, to be occupied again, just remind yourself that like, you got the black eyes too. Like you got the black eyes, just like everybody else did. The scars are still there. Um, Yes. And you are worthy of all things great and beautiful. Absolutely. I am. All those things. You know, thank you for that, that affirmation. Cause when you, when you say, you know, because that's where I was those two months. And that's what had to wake me up is because I stayed in this tearful state to the point that my son was consoling me and that I did want to die. And then I had this moment where I woke up where I was like, wait a minute, I'm allowing some man to put me in a place that I want to end my life and rob my son of having his mother like I no mm -mm. I was like (laughs) so I mm -mm. so I went to the doctor um she started me like she diagnosed me mild depression got me the medication I needed I started the counseling did the support group and you're right like I'm doing that work so that I can be stronger and healed for the next relationship that God has for me I'm not rushing it this time because that was what the domestic violence coordinator said that be careful of men who's trying to rush that 
She's like, well, you talk about the, you know, how you guys went from meeting to six months, right. talking about marriage to moving in and then moving in at eight months. Like not saying that that doesn't happen, but just be mindful, mindful. of that. So yes, for sure. And that's the reason why I was inspired. Like when you put that posting out there, I've just, I've felt this calling to just be more verbal. The more verbal I am, I'm running into so many more women that said me too. Yeah. And like you said, you said it so perfectly that for those of us who have more of an internal black guy experience that it is still intimate partner violence is still domestic violence it still hurts and scars in that way and to still have mental verbal emotional abuse yeah um so i want to i want to thank you thank you for, for responding to my post um and sharing your story um i also want to offer you um like an additional support person. It sounds like you are doing all the right things, right? Um, um, but I'm also now part of your circle. So you. if you are, you know, if your mama is like, girl, I'm going to bed, right? I'm going to bed. And so good night. And you are like, I can't go to sleep just yet. I need to talk to somebody. I don't sleep much. Mm -hmm. um, but you, I will send you my phone number. Um, Thank you can you. always call me if you need me to remind you about the black eye gently, you know, gently. If you are like, bro, I just want to see if he's okay. That's call me. That's when you just be like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to call him, but I'm going to call Ovi first oh and see what she's doing. I'm going to just see what she's doing first. Um, and so we can talk through that a little bit, you know, before you call and see if he's okay. Cause nobody cares. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. um, nope. Nobody cares. And so you know, I, I think it's important to put people, I, I used to be a real believer of like that whole no new friends mantra, right? Mm -hmm. And then the older I'm, the older I get, the more I realize that like, that's, that's not a really good mantra to have if you want to grow your circle in a meaningful and intentional way. Yes. And so I don't need new friends that have like drama and like, I, I don't, I'm not interested in that. But new, meaningful, intentional relationships, I think, are always beneficial. So, Absolutely. like, you now have a new cheerleader. Like, I will check Thank on you, you um, and make sure that we are, that we gonna sign up for some gun use classes and we're gonna, like, write these letters and we're gonna journal and keep going to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but if there is anything that I can ever do, whether it's a listening ear, if you wanna have some wine, if you wanna get some snacks, I love flowers. So if you're like, yo, I'm just having a really bad day. Like we just can go to I, Whole Foods, girl, Whole Foods has flowers on sale. I was in there the other day and out for 20 bucks, like $17. I got a whole big bouquet. I'm so excited. Okay. What? Yeah. Whole Foods. Okay. Um, but whatever it is, whatever it is, like absolutely add me to your network. Um, know that I, I am, do that. I am proud of you. Thank you. Um, I am proud of you. I am, I, I know it's not easy. And, you know, I know it is a daily journal, daily struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I read something the other day that said, <laughs> realizing your worth is lonely. <laughs> it's like, it, it is like at Ooh. the point when you, when you're like, I'm worth more, it's like, oh, but I, but I, okay. But this is lonely over here. Um, so I know it's a daily struggle. Just know you're not alone. Um, there are probably more women like you than are different from you um, mm -hmm. even if their stories look or sound differently so um I'm always here if there's ever anything that you need even if it's just an ear or you just need to send a text and say 
whatever it is, um, I will be praying. I will include you in my talks with God in the shower and while Thank I'm out walking because that's when we have our moments. Um, but I also, I also am now part of your circle. So if there's anything I can ever do for you, please let me know. I will do that. Thank you so much for having me.